Hello, everyone, and welcome to this new episode of the Tool Belt Podcast brought to you by Plant Services. Today, we're, we're lucky to have with us Sam Hoff, who is the president and CEO of Patty Engineering, and he's going to help us take a look at what's coming to IIoT and system integration and all that end of plant maintenance in 2022. Uh, Sam, once again, thanks so much for being with us. Oh, no problem, Tom. I always enjoy uh, catching up with you. Well, you know, Sam, last time we caught up, COVID was just a whisper coming outside of the U.S. toward us. Um, and uh, your last public interview with us was in March 2020, the, the month everything sort of went down in the U.S. And our conversation then focused mostly on how plant teams could work with integrator partners to get their IOT projects off the ground. You know, a lot of what we heard in the past 18 months has been that these projects are only accelerating. So can you tell us some of what you've seen? Tom, without a doubt, uh, the projects have really accelerated. I think um, COVID has given uh, um, uh, Industry 4.0 uh, kind of a kick in the butt to take it from the uh, concept to uh, practical applications. And we're seeing all types of IIoT uh, projects and IIoT requests. And, um, you know, um, there's a couple things driving this. A, shortage of um, uh, workers and shortage of labor and be um, wanting to uh, keep uh, uh, people off the line and working remotely as much as possible. So what kind of information can you glean from the production systems without being um, beside it to, to be able to, uh, to uh, track improvement? Yeah, there were people at last year's SMRP conference, which is uh, in October of every year, the annual Society for Maintenance and Reliability Practitioners Conference, mentioning they were still working through the wrinkles of what it meant for sick outs uh, due to COVID, those extended absences for quarantines, and also how to rethink the, the production lines to do, as you say, monitor remotely, keep as many people uh, from having to touch the equipment or be near each other as possible. Yep. Um, well, when it comes to IoT projects, um, you know, you, you also encourage siloed teams inside the plant to break down, especially the departments like controls, industrial engineering, and maintenance. You know, our readers have told us over the past 18 months that they want to do this, but they're also finding it a bigger challenge than they expected. It's one of the obstacles they see towards implementing things like predictive maintenance and digital product projects. I mean, can you share some of your thoughts or tips on how teams can do this successfully? So you definitely need management buy-in on this. It has to be somebody pushing from above because in these groups, right, you're, you're moving their cheese a little bit. They're going to be doing things differently. They're going to be interacting um, with people that maybe they're not used to interacting with. So, um, you know, if, if you leave it up to all those groups individually, um, it, you're not really going to have success with it. So it has to be driven by um, the operations management at that facility. And that's really, we, we've seen successful implementations and unsuccessful implementations, and it's all driven by operations management. Is this skill sort of breakdown silos? Is this, is this something that you find that people can learn on the fly or it's something which you'd recommend say a training course or two could be helpful to help teams learn how to communicate across the boundaries? I, I, think, um, I, I think there has to be a regular cadence 
of um, meetings with uh, all the uh, stakeholders in it, but you can't have too many people in it. So I would say the group has to be limited to about six to 10 people, a, a couple representatives from each group and, and, and maybe operations management. Um, but um, how do you train people to break down silos? I mean, that's not really um, that easy, but, but once, once you get the momentum, once it's done and once you start kind of um, uh, these, these different groups that maybe do not communicate with each other often get those lines of communication going, it, it can be really successful. Yeah, we've seen people doing it by necessity too, right? Of necessity, where uh, absolutely, yeah. The, the the extent to which people are sharing their data outside the plant walls is increasing, especially on a on a quarterly and, and sometimes monthly basis, uh, yep. due to the, the the shortage of people on site maybe be able, be able to understand the data. Yep. Yeah, and 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 you think about it. Um, you know, uh, before, okay, you have seven, eight plants across the USA, let's say, or even 15 plants across the world. Well, it was easy to get that SME, the subject matter expert, to go to this facility for a week, to go to this facility for a week. Well, with travel restrictions and COVID and all that stuff, now they can't go. So how do you give that subject matter expert eyes into the facility to be able to to understand what is happening and a lot of that's done through digital uh, uh technologies okay well let's look forward a little bit into 2022 uh we're going to release this interview at the start of next year sort of as a looking forward piece um one issue that people have fought with this year and which we've heard they're looking forward to next year is cybersecurity. i mentioned as an integrator um you get a lot of questions about whether people's systems are secure, what they can do to make them secure. So what are some things that plants can do to be proactive in this area? Um, test, test, retest, and retest. Um, a lot of times, and, and there's been some, you know, pretty uh, high-level cases recently where, okay, you, you, you get the, uh, um, the, the uh, message, you need to uh, send Bitcoin to this um, encryption and, and you get to be released. And um, there's been cases where even when you do that, you, you might be able to get back up on your um, backups of your systems quicker. And um, so, so you need to constantly make sure that your systems are backed up, you're prepared for it, you need to test throw the kill switch some weekend, make sure it, you're going to see how long it will take you to recover, simulate what, what a cybersecurity attack will look like. Um, there's a lot of devices out there um, that can do packet sniffing and, and, and this kind of stuff. And it's, it's, it's layers of defense, but you gotta be testing and, and your, your, um, uh, industrial control components, because a lot of them were, were, were not designed with cyber in mind, especially older ones, are the most vulnerable part of your operations. So, Interesting. And if I can ask you a question about that real quick, are there assessments or, or, or sort of uh, uh, are, there, are there formal assessments or even informal like checklists people can use to look at their equipment, Sam? And a take absolutely. So. Yeah, um, where they look on, on like the ISA side or, or so. So one of the organizations I really like is is um, you know is the CI Squared SA. 
Um, I'm, I'm trying to think uh, what that stands for, but I know they have like monthly forums and they do webinars and all that stuff. And, and I would suggest going to, to that organization. So, okay. Well, let me ask you, let's say worst case scenario happens and uh, a plant does get targeted and, and it's happening more and more frequently. Um, we've heard some talk of people putting response plans in place. Often that might be driven by finance to help um, limit the risk exposure of a company. Um, what are some things people can do uh, to be prepared for when they get targeted? Is there, uh, what would well, you definitely want a response plan in place, but I think more than that, you want to test your response plan. So you want to run some type of simulations. You can even you know, have some people try to hack into your systems to see what the vulnerabilities are. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it's like anything, right? You, you have to test it in order to, to, to see how um, secure you are. So. Great. Let me ask you one more question about 2022. Sure. Um, you know, integrators are increasingly engaged with the maintenance teams, given how many projects are digital, how many systems are networked. What kind of projects do you anticipate working on the most in 2022? It could be with maintenance, but what kind of industrial projects do you and the PADI team look forward to? A, a lot of digital type projects, a lot of getting information off the, the, the plant floor, a lot of analyzing that information, right? I mean, we're seeing the need within integrators for uh, doing some data science, doing, uh, you know, uh, Power BI, trying to do some machine learning off the data that you're seeing, um, a lot of digital twinning and, and this kind of stuff. So, so I really think, uh, you know, digital technologies will, will drive a lot of the uh, 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 projects in 2022. It's really interesting to comment about data science. That was that's that's an aspect that uh, it makes sense that integrators are growing that direction. But honestly, you're the first person I've talked to which has indicated that. Are you seeing more of that? I'm seeing. Uh, yeah, I'm starting to see some leading edge of that. And and one of the things is 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 um, it's such a fascinating topic, right? And. Um, I take a look. I'm a huge baseball fan, and I know you're in Chicago, so I don't know. Are you White Sox or Cubs? Uh, it was a tough year. Uh, my family's a Cubs family, so after, okay. Yeah. After after the July implosion, we we sort of like lost it, lost heart a little bit. <laughs> Although the White Sox, if you go to the South Side, they they certainly have a good young team. But anyway, yeah, you'll 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 see that that. Um, data science has come to baseball big time. I mean, the, the shifts that they employ and all this stuff. I saw um, uh, Joey Gallo for the Yankees line out to left field yesterday and, and the, the, the freaking Tampa Bay Rays have four outfielders on them, right? They're playing like a softball alignment against them because this guy's a fly ball or a strikeout hitter. Uh, and, um, it, it, you know, they're, they're using data science for it. But the one thing about all the data science people in baseball is you got to be able to kind of contextualize the data you're looking at. So system integrators, like, like some companies have been burnt by bringing data scientists in that, that can take a look at the data coming out of the processes and say, well, this is what I'm seeing, but they have no ability to contextualize what they're looking at. And a lot of times what they're, what, what kind of conclusions they're driving are either, okay, yeah, that's inherently obvious, or B, no, that makes no sense whatsoever because they don't have the ability to contextualize the data. So you still need some ability to contextualize the data when you're, when you're using data science strategies. And that's why integrators are uniquely um, suited for that. So 
That's a great point. Um, well, and I look forward to hearing more about this in 2022 then. Uh, Sam, thank you for being with us today. Absolutely, Tom. You have a great day.